You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 30 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the author of the Western League Bulletin. It is, of course, Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. How about yourself? Very good. Very good. I was um, I was flirting with another mistress um, at the weekend. I um, oh. I had my first visit to the Elms. Now I don't know if you know where that is. Not off the top of my head, no. No, it is no. the home of Highworth Town. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, who, who wouldn't know that? Um, very interesting little ground. And uh, the visitors were Porton Rovers, and I was oh, um, yeah. uh, visiting my my in-laws. So um, when my wife sent me out to get some cow pole. I took the opportunity of going the long way home. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a very pleasant um, um, afternoon was, was had watching a, a slightly slopey pitch. Uh, but football was watched nonetheless. It wasn't Western League football, so we don't need to dwell upon it too much. But um, mm-hmm. at least I managed to take in uh, a game. Now then, on this week's podcast, normally, of course, we speak to the managers. We speak to the number ones. But on this week's podcast, we'll, all be, we'll be having a spot of the number twos. Um, because um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing from assistant managers Jerry Tustain, of course he is the assistant at Shortwood United, and Malcolm Beck, the, uh, uh, the stalwart assistant at Welton Rovers. Those are our, our interviews uh, on this week's podcast. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll come to those later, of course. We'll kick off proceedings with a rather eye-catching result that occurred on Tuesday the 26th of February. The home side was bitten... The, uh, the visitors were chipping Sudbury Town, and this match certainly didn't go to script. No, indeed. Uh, at the, uh, yeah, the last Tuesday evening, didn't have the opportunity to, to go top. Uh, but, yeah, uh, fell short. They uh, suffered a 3-2 defeat at home to chipping Sudbury. Um, they did go ahead in the second minute, uh, Dean, Dean Griffiths uh, uh, putting them ahead from the spot. Uh, but then chipping Sudbury fought back, scoring three goals in the space of 20 minutes, uh, completely turning the game on its head. Uh, Dan Brown scoring twice, and then also Harvey Barker. Uh, ben Bamman did score a, a late one for Bitten, um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't to be, and Chipping Sudbury ran out 3-2 uh, winners. Well, perhaps the most ice-catching scoreline of the Tuesday matches was between Bishop Sutton and uh, a rampant Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, they're, they're doing pretty well away from home at the moment, Longwell Green, and an 8-1 win, so obviously this is uh, yeah, rather hitting peak form, I'd, I'd imagine. Uh, Luke Bryan scoring a hat-trick uh, for the away side. Uh, and there was also goals from uh, Eugene Keary, Ali Bamford, Sam Crum, Connor Britton and Ewan McMillan, who was on his full debut. So, yeah, uh, a brilliant night for uh, Longwell Green. Not so, obviously, for, for Bishop Sutton. But, um, yeah, uh, Longwell Green doing really well. There was also a Les Phillips Cup game, second round uh, match between Brislington and, and Buckland that was settled on penalties. Buckland, um, the, the cup holders, of course, um, victorious there, so they progressed to the next round. A um, couple of games on Wednesday in the Premier Division, but we turn our attention to Saturday the 2nd of March and um, we kick off with uh, Bridgewater Town. They were at home to Shepton Mallet, the largest crowd of the day, 219 saw this one. Yeah, indeed, uh, and it was uh, Bridgewater uh, running out 4-1 winners uh, eventually in this one. Uh, Jack Taylor, obviously uh, having, a, having a stellar season, uh, he put them ahead uh, before Jake Brown then doubled their advantage uh, five minutes later. I think there was a bit of a, 
back pass that uh, was a little bit short and he capitalised on that one uh, to make it 2-0. Uh, Shepton uh, managed to get back into the game, uh, firing home a penalty uh, to cut the, cut the deficit in half, but uh, yeah, Bridgewater managed to push on, uh, Taylor scoring a second of the game. Uh, and then late on it was Jake Llewellyn, uh, another penalty uh, for him, having a great season from the spot. And uh, yeah, uh, made it 4-1 and that was out of state, so Bridgewater uh, claiming their, uh, their crucial three points. Our next featured game is at Odd Down. The visitors were bitten, and could they recover from that uncharacteristic blip uh, against Chipping Sodbury? They did, but they, uh, yeah, they had to do it the hard way, coming from behind, uh, yeah, trailing at the break, and it was Ash McGrain who scored for, for Odd Down in the first half. He's, uh, yeah, among the goals again, uh, having a good season. Bit managed to hit their straps uh, after the break, uh, four goals unanswered. Uh, and it was uh, Kane Ingram and Jack Allwood helping turn the game on its head, uh, scoring pretty early in the in the second half to, to put them ahead. Uh, and then Ben, ben Bamman, who we mentioned uh, after his goal in midweek, he scored twice in the final five minutes uh, to, to, to push the score out a little bit. And uh, yeah, Bitten claiming a 4-1 when they went off down. Uh, now, Wellington, they were at home to Cadbury Heath. Yeah, good, good result this for Cadbury Heath, uh, a 2-1 win. Uh, Sasha Tong scoring both of their goals in this one, um, uh, putting them ahead uh, in the 28th minute and then scoring pretty soon after, thanks to uh, a bit of good work from Simon McElroy in the build-up. Uh, Josh Wadham did score a penalty 13 minutes from time for the hosts, but it was, uh, yeah, not not to be for them, and it was Cadbury uh, who claimed the 2-1 win. And finally, in the Premier Division, Westbury United at home to Shortwood United. There, there can only be one winner here, Tom, surely can't there? You'd think so, but no. Uh, it was it was Shortwood, as I'm sure uh, most people are aware. They have finally got their first win uh, of the season, and coming away at one of the uh, yeah the red hot teams this season at Westbury, uh, a shocking shocking in in a in a great in a great way, uh, surprising results, should we say? Probably the most surprising of the season so far. Uh, obviously, Shortwood have led at half time a couple of times recently, so uh, they've been getting close to this moment. Uh, and they've finally managed to, to hold on uh, to one of their leads. Levi Matthews scoring midway through the second half. And, uh, yeah, not enough time for, for Westbury to, to forge any sort of comeback. And it was uh, Shortwood uh, moving on to six points now for the season, which is, uh, yeah, not a bad effort to keep going. And, obviously, this will be uh, yeah, a result they can look back on at the end of the season and, uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, have, a, have a bit of something to smile about, which is good. And, obviously, not, not so for Westbury, who's, uh, yeah, promotion... Chances of taking a bit of a dent with this one. Well, we spoke to Jason Scrivens, um, the manager of Shortwood, not that long ago, of course, because it had been quite a while into the into our podcast season and we hadn't heard from the side, so we were keen to address that. But um, it's always good to hear from a manager when the team has won. Uh, unfortunately, Jason wasn't available to speak to us this week, but we did manage to catch up with his assistant, Jerry Tustain. I started by congratulating Jerry on that fantastic first win of the season. Uh, it was brilliant for us. Um, something that we've been working really hard towards, um, and it was delightful for us to, to finally get those three points, which the lads have been absolutely desperate for. Um, and over the last few weeks, it's been coming, and it was it was nice to get it Saturday against a good side in Westbury. Yeah, they are a good side. Um, now, your interest, obviously, in the club is not just of that as the assistant manager, but you you're also a player as well, aren't you? So you've you've had to experience this this difficult start to the season, sort of from yeah. both perspectives. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I joined in uh, in back in August um, as a, in a playing role, 
um, and then uh, Coco, the assistant manager at the time, who, who brought me along, decided to step down for work uh, reasons, and then I ended up taking on the assistant manager's role with with Jason since then. It's probably around right about late September time. Um, but I've still been playing as well, uh, so it's been it's been painful playing in a losing side and also being part of the management side as well. So. Yeah, it's been tough, but again, I, I come back from suspension to play on Saturday, so to be part of the side that, that got the three points as well was, was brilliant. Because a lot's made in football about getting on runs, whether they be winning runs or losing runs, and yeah. um, obviously from a management perspective, you want to be playing games as quickly as possible. You want to keep on getting the opportunity to put things right, but from a player's perspective... Yeah. I mean, have you noticed how hard it has been this season, you know, with the results that you've been having? Um, yeah, it, it, it's difficult. And, you know, as a manager, you want the next game as quick as possible. And you do as a player as well. Um, you know, especially since Christmas, when, since we got our first point against uh, Chipping Sodbury on uh, Boxing Day. Um, if you look at our results, other than the um, Shepter Mallet result, we've, we've only been beaten by the odd goal or the point. So it's... it's it's been so frustrating to not get over the line. So when the game's finished, we've been we've been eager for the next game, and, and you know we've had no cancellations. So it's always been another seven days. We've not had a midweek game that we can quickly turn around and play. It's been a whole week uh, for the next game, and it is frustrating. But yeah, as, whether you're a manager or a player, it's, you, you get the same feeling. Um, you just want that next game. You want that next opportunity to get the three points. And it's, it's nice to finally have that. Uh, monkey off the back, I suppose, and you know, now we're buzzing for the next game, and, and hopefully to try and go on a run of, of games without defeat. Westbury isn't an easy place to go to, as many teams in the Premier Division have yeah. found out this season. Possibly by surprise to start off with this, but as obviously as the campaign's gone on and Westbury have consolidated their position at the top of the table, I think you know it, yeah. it is now a difficult place to go. And and you only had that one goal lead. So, I mean, was it? Yeah. what was the performance? What was the nature of the performance like? Did you actually think you could get over the line? Was there was there real uh, butterflies? It, it, was, it was a dogged performance. And I can remember the last 10 minutes of the game thinking to myself, this is, you know, it's horrible. What if we were losing 4-0 or something, which we have done a lot during the season, it's actually more of a relaxed last 10 minutes of the game, you, you know. Westbury, to be fair to them, had a lot of possession in that second half, and they were putting putting long balls into the box. and our And our back line, especially um, Tom Hoskins and Joe Trainer in, in the centre of defence, literally won every single header that was thrown at them. So, as nervous as it was, at the same time, I just felt so confident that the, that the back line and um, Clarkey and Goldie was also come to claim a lot of the long balls. I just felt that we were coping. We were coping with it, um, and, and then we were going to deal with it. But yeah, with a one 0 lead. With, with a couple of minutes on the clock, you've always got that, that in the back of your mind that you know all it takes is a lots of concentration or a bit of bit of quality from Westbury, which they no doubt have. That it could all change in the, in the blink of an eye. But you know it's nice to get over the line, and when that final whistle went, it was it was brilliant. It was a great feeling. <laughs> you've had easier chances to get off the mark this season, yeah. you? I mean, you've had yeah. games in recent weeks against Wellington and Hengrove at home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are you slightly surprised in some respects that, that your first win has come against one of the top-of-the-table sides? I wasn't surprised we finally got the win. I, we, could, we sensed it was coming. Um, when we lined up Wellington and Hengrove, me and Jason sat and, and, we, and we thought that this is too... Big opportunities. We know the Western League doesn't throw easy opportunities, but they were big opportunities for us to go and get the three points. Um, and the Wellington game was, I think Wellington will probably say it himself, it was, it was a dreadful game of football from both sides. I think they scored in the first minute or so and then 
other than that, I don't think anybody could tell you what actually happened in that game. It was an awful game. Um, so that was an opportunity that came and went. And then we had Hengrove as well, who who've obviously had a tough season along with us. And, uh, and yeah, we sat and looked at that and thought, well, this is probably our best opportunity of, of getting a win. Um, being 2-0 up at half-time as well, you would have expected us to have got over, got over the line. But, you know, we turned out in the second half with a poor performance um, and lost that game as well. So so when the, when the Hengrove game come and gone, we thought, well, well, maybe that is it. Maybe that is our big chance gone. But we, we knew that we've got a side now capable of, of putting performances in and giving sides a game and... You know, I said to the lads before the Westbrook game that regardless of where they are in the league, there is no reason why we can't go there and get a result. Um, you know, we looked at they they'd only just beaten Odd Down, who we played a few weeks ago and we had a good performance again then against them that, that saw us lose a two 0 lead again. So we thought if if they can just scrape past Odd Down and we can and we were better than Odd Down, why could we not be better than Westbury and get a result and you know, the lads sort of took that on board and went and put in a, a stellar performance and got those three points out. We knew that as a side we could get against Westbury, who was second. A lot of people probably didn't didn't expect it and the committee probably didn't expect it, but you know, we, we were we were well worth our three points on Saturday. Football is a funny old game. Uh, no sooner yeah. do we get a chance to reflect on that victory, but of course the next game's coming up and it will be against Bridport, Bridport. and they haven't Bridport, been yeah. they haven't been in great form. Um, no. Recently, they've no. only they've only won once in the last six, um, but yeah. it's not an easy place to go, is it? So, I mean, do you think you can get something out of that game? Absolutely. Um, you know, we'll be buoyed by the three points, but again, it's a side it's a side where I think they beat us one 0 at home in a game which was which again was very close, and and you know, again, we've improved since then again. So we will go there. It is the Western League. It's tough. You know, you've got to work extremely hard for, for any kind of points in this league. And Bridport probably won't want to be a side that gets beaten by Shortwood again. They, they'll see that we've now got those three points. So they'll probably pick themselves up to make sure that we don't get another three points. I think a lot of teams were probably um, sitting back against us because we were so far down the league with, with no wins. Um, but now we've got that win. It will probably make sure Bridport put out a, a bit of bit of a better performance to make sure that they don't let us uh, get our second win but yeah we will go there hoping to get another one absolutely and finally Jerry what does the rest of the season hold for you now is it about building confidence within the squad with a view to to the next campaign yeah it's just getting as many points as we can on the board Um, we wanted to overtake Hengrove when they beat us they they opened up a, a 12 point gap which was always going to be difficult. We've closed that again now to nine. So if we can get above Hengrove, that'd be fantastic because we don't want to finish bottom. Um, we know it's not going to be as simple as that, but we will try everything we can to make sure that we don't finish at the bottom of the table. Um, but other than that, it's about the lads coming together still. You know, we've built a good side now that are, that are enjoying it together. Um, they want to stick together for next year. We've got a development side uh, coming into Shortwood next year as well. So the club is, is definitely on the up. It's, just, it's been a long haul of a season. Uh, we just want to get get the season finished on a high, some good performances, we've got some good players, and, and see where that takes us into next year. Then, but things are definitely definitely moving forward for us, regardless of the fact that we've gone to to March with only one one win in the league. And my thanks to Jerry for his time. 
Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Uh, moving on to the first division, and um, uh, we start with Bristol Telephones. They were at home to Sherbourne Town. Yes, indeed. Uh, and one of the, uh, well, two teams in, in pretty good form coming into this one, despite their positions in the, in the table. Uh, Sherbourne running out 3-0 victors uh, in this one. And uh, now 10 points from a possible 12, so they're absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, and it was all down to one man, this one. It was a Matt Day hat-trick uh, for the away side. Um, and, yeah, as we say, as I say, uh, 10 points from a possible 12 for Sherbourne. Uh, looking at it now, they're up in, just a quick look at the table, they're in 13th. And, uh, if, yeah, if they had a struggle recently, they'd probably be down in 19th. So, uh, yeah, they've really turned it round and, and pulled away of, uh, from some of those uh, towards the bottom, obviously, telephones. Sitting bottom, but, um, yeah, in, in, in reach of the, the sides ahead. But a, a brilliant afternoon for the Zebras there at Stockwood Lane, a 3-0 win for Sherbourne. Now, the next featured game is between Chard Town and Ashton and Backwell United. Chard, we've discussed a few times on recent podcasts, Tom. They've not been in the best of form, and that continued at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. They seem to be stuck on 49 points, unfortunately. Uh, but Ashton and Backwell um, smashing through the 50-point barrier. Um, up, into, up into third after this win, and doing really well uh, of late. Callum Townsend, uh, their leading goal scorer this season, he managed to to get the put in the head from the spot and then it was Dan Elson uh, midway through the second half managed to, to double the winning margin and uh, yeah that was how it stayed so a, a good away win for Ashton and Backwell who now sit third and our next game features Portishead against Wells City yeah and uh, it's one of those first division games where if you looked at the table beforehand you'd have predicted one thing uh, and then look at the result at full time and uh, see the absolute opposite uh, Portishead 2 Two on winners at home to Wales. Uh, still in 19th, Portishead following this, uh, this this result. Uh, but yeah, uh, up to 24 points rather than uh, sitting one point off the off the bottom. So uh, a crucial three points. Uh, Wales up in up in the top half. Um, and it was Wales who actually went ahead. Uh, James Bisgrove uh, volleying home. So Portishead had to come from behind. Uh, a free kick from Jasper Harlington uh, towards the end of the first half. Uh, direct set piece uh, got them back on level terms. Uh, but then Harlington uh, turned to from here to Villain, uh, getting sent off uh, in, uh, in the uh, stoppage time of the first half. So even even tougher task for Porter's head. Uh, but they managed to somehow come out on top. Alex Fox scoring the only goal of the second half. And, uh, yeah, absolutely vital three points. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure, as I say, a result that um, yeah, could have a big ramifications coming into the season. And our next match features Warminster Town. They've been on a good run of form. Would it continue against high-flying Cheddar? Indeed it would. Uh, a 3-0 win uh, for Warminster. Pretty, pretty comprehensive, really. Um, they still sit top, Cheddar, following this result. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Warminster, definitely one of the form teams. Jack Millock scoring twice uh, for the home side. And there was also a goal from uh, George Butler, who headed home in the second half. And, uh, yeah, a memorable memorable victory for Andy Crabtree's side. So, yeah, 3-0 victory for, for Warminster over tabletop in Cheddar. Now, Welton Rovers, um, they took on another high-flying team in Canesham Town. Yeah, and Canesham unable to capitalise on uh, Cheddar's slip-up. So they still 
uh, still a point behind uh, the Chiefs man. A 2-1 victory for Welton, who obviously haven't been having having the best of times recently. Uh, this was, I think, their first home league win uh, since mid-October. So obviously, uh, West Clue has not been the best uh, venue for them this season, but they managed to managed to put everything together in this one, uh, beating uh, uh, well, a Cainshan team who'd won 15 on the bounce. So yeah, there's no no looking past this result. Absolutely fantastic afternoon for. Paul Welton, Aaron Sevier, uh, very much starring for the home side. He produced uh, produced assists for, for both Shaq Green and then Dave Cooper. And uh, it was uh, a fight back, potentially, uh, was, was was in store late on. Carl Box uh, sent off for the away side, who then uh, did get a goal back through Matt Kernock. Uh, but I think it was only with about five or six minutes to go, so uh, too little too late. And it was, uh, yeah, Welton who, who gained that uh, elusive home victory. Yeah, that was a fantastic result for the Green Army at home uh, to Canesham. So I thought it would be a good time to get them back onto the podcast. There's been a there's been a change of um, leadership at the uh, at the club, um, and um, Nick Beaverstock and his um, and, and his loyal assistant Malcolm Beck have, have returned um, to West Clues uh, till the end of the season, I believe. But um, I thought it was a good opportunity to catch up with Malcolm Beck. Malcolm has had a very um, long relationship with, uh, with Welton Rovers and I started off by asking him to tell us a little bit about his association with the club. Yeah, it does go back a long way, actually. Probably a good 40 years, I would say, like, on and off. Um, obviously, player-wise and manager-wise, probably three times manager. And obviously, uh, invited, invited back again this year to, uh, to take over when, uh, when Clyde left. Because I think before that, um, I don't know whether it was this season or last season, you were you and Nick Beaverstock, the current manager, you were both involved with the reserves, weren't you? We were, yeah, yeah. We done we done last year, and I started off this year as well, and uh, decided to um, give it a break. Where I felt like the commitment of the players wasn't um, what I wanted or what I expected, to be honest. Like, and uh, I was, I was going to take some time out of the game. That was probably October time, and then uh, find myself straight back in at Boxing Day. It's like a drug, isn't it, Malcolm? You you can't you can't give Welton Rovers up, can you? I mean, I no. rem- I remember I remember going with you down to Cheddar when you secured promotion to the Premier Division. It was a fantastic yeah. um, it was a fantastic achievement for the club. You'd had a wonderful season that year. You've had a fantastic um, record at uh, at Welton Rovers. But every single time you think you seem to sort of hang up the boots, you 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 hang them up with one hand and you you pick them up with the other. Oh, I know, I know. I think every time I say I'm going to retire, people laugh at you, like you know. And uh, I think it's just the, the the club out there. I think me and, and and Nick as well. We probably love the club, and that's probably the only reason we've gone back just to help them out. You know, the second half of the season and end of the season, that will be it for us. I think. Let's talk about the football. It was a fantastic win at the weekend. We all know how yeah. we all know how well Canesham uh, have been doing this season. Were you optimistic going into the match? Yeah, I'm always optimistic. Like we, we, we thought we had the boys up for it. That there the week before, I, I had something planned, and uh, Nick obviously ran the side, and it was a disappointing result against Longwell Green. Um, we had a good training session in the week. Um, we had a good sort out before the game, and we always don't try to be optimistic because uh, I think me and Nick's winners as well, and we tried to pass that through to the players. And as we said, like you know, we had we had a good game against Bath City, and the games are they're the same. It's down to the players' attitude how they go about it, really. You've had a roller coaster time, haven't you, since you've come back? I mean, you talk about that um, uh, defeat to Longwell Green. Mm. I know you only narrowly lost out to Cheddar. I mean, it's interesting that you've played two of the top teams. Of course, you've beaten Canesham and then you, you beat Bath City. So, you know, it, yeah. I, I don't know whether you feel that you're taking two steps forward and one steps back. You're certainly doing something right. 
you know, I think as managers, sometimes it can be frustrating. You're right, like because sometimes you think you've cracked it, and then uh, you know something happens. Is uh, you know, like we said, sometimes it's a player's attitudes. We probably didn't get a good training turnout uh, the, the week before before the Lombard Green game, so that doesn't help as well. And I think we're trying to sort of get that bit of professionalism across to the players, which I've had, and obviously mix up the standards we play. That, that you know, you've got to train and you've got to be dedicated to it. I mean, you've had a good look at Cheddar and Canesham in recent weeks. What did you make of them two? Do you think do you expect them to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season? Yeah, they'll be thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got they got good strikers defensively. They're both quite same. We, we knew it would be hard, like and Cheddar. We probably got, could have got a point out of it. Their manager said we deserved the point, and we probably did. I think their second goal was offside. You know, that's how it goes. So, all Saturday. You know, it's Canesham. They hadn't lost in fifteen games, so you know they're doing something right. And we knew it was going to be. But we knew we had to be, you know, our near best to get a result, really. Well, it's become a massive cliche that any team can beat any other team in the Western League, let alone the First Division. It seems to be happening all the time in the First Division. Mm. Having these conversations with managers every week makes me ask the question, why? And I'm wondering how key you think squad selection is, because actually on your day, if you put out your strongest 11, um, I mean, do yeah. you think you can beat anybody? Yeah, definitely. And then you've got that trip to Taunton in the County Cup quarterfinal. Now, I know that the County Cup isn't everybody's cup of tea, um, but um, as far as you're concerned, when you get this far in the competition and when you get the chance to go and play at a ground like Taunton's, that's got to mean something to you. Oh, massive. Massive. We've said to the players, like, you know, you've got to take it with both hands, like, you know, and those opportunities don't come along very often, do they? Like, you know, even when we play Bath, you said, like, you, you know, all you can do is compete with them. Like, if you go out there and be frightened of it, then you, you'll get hammered nine times out of ten. And, and we competed right the way through. Going down the tour will be the same for us. So, you know, we've we got to be on our game. And we got to give as much as we can give. And you never know on an idea. If they, they're a bit relaxed and think it's going to be easy, the result might be ours. Now, just one final question um, for you, Malcolm. You, you, you know, you've said that you've been around Welton Rovers and, of course, the Western League for, for, a very, for a very long time. I mean, what do you make of the current standard of football that you're seeing now in the First Division? Is it as good as it's ever been, or do you think that there was, um, there was a better era when you look back over the years you've been involved? Yeah, I think there was a better era going back. I don't think it's as good. I think standards have dropped. I think managers' standards have dropped. Players' standards have dropped. And I, I go back to training. I think players don't worry now if they don't train. And, you know, you've got to train the player at the standard. We say to our boys, if you don't want to play at this standard, then go, go and sign somewhere else, you know, and, or, or play local football. Like, you know, you've got to be committed to it. And I think when I was playing, I was always committed to training. You never missed a session. Too many excuses. Too many excuses to miss games, concerts, holidays, etc., etc. Like you know, so yeah, I think that's why the standards have dropped, and players take responsibility, and I think some of the managers got to take responsibility as well. And my thanks to Malcolm for his time. Uh, one final game to look back on from the weekend, and it's an uncharacteristic Sunday game between mm-hmm. Chippenham Park and the visitors were Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a big game towards the uh, the bottom of the, the bottom of the first division. Uh, both teams. 
uh, sitting in the lower reaches. I think they were level on 25 coming into this game. Um, and it was, yeah, a nine-goal thriller, unbelievably. Uh, Bishop's Lydia away from home, uh, running out 5-4 victors. Uh, I'm not 100% sure of the, uh, the sequence of the goals, uh, but Chippenham Park, uh, a couple of braces for them, Reese Talmash and Devon Bryan. But, uh, yeah, they fell short, amazingly, scoring four. Uh, but uh, it was Lydia who ran out victors. Jake Quick scoring twice for them, and also goals from Sam Mockridge, Luke Bryan and Jason Quick. And, uh, yeah, as I say, a high-scoring encounter and a pretty crucial one uh, towards the bottom of the first division. But it's uh, Lydia who ran out uh, 5-4 victors. And, uh, yeah, maybe more Sunday football if we're uh, guaranteed that many goals. Yeah, <clears throat> slightly disappointing that that didn't get a, a slightly bigger crowd for it. Yeah, but, I thought um, it might. Yeah, you're right. But uh, nine goals, you can't, you can't sniff at that. I'm sure Bishop's no. Lydia would be more than happy to play if uh, <laughs> on a Sunday if, if they could guarantee... Uh, that type of result. Uh, now, if we look at the up-and-coming fixtures, um, obviously starting the week commencing um, the 4th of March, uh, first fixtures are on the 5th of March. If, depending on when you listen to this podcast, of course, these games are likely to have already happened. But what, one thing we will call out is that there are some Les Phillips Cup quarter-finals to be played this week. Buckland take on Cabri Heath and Calm take on Bridgewater. Those games are being played on Tuesday, the 5th of March. And then the following day, Wednesday the 6th of March, it's Plymouth Parkway, they entertain Canesham and Shepton Mallet, they take on Willand Rovers. So um, some exciting Les Phillips Cup action there, that will decide our semi-final uh, lineup. Uh, and looking ahead to Saturday the 9th of March, Tom, what, t- uh, what match there tickles your fancy in the Premier Division? I think there's uh, one that jumps off the page uh, at the uh, first alphabetically, and that would be Bitten Bridgewater, obviously a as you just mentioned, Bridgewater got a big, uh, big cup tie on Tuesday evening, uh, and then on their travels again uh, on on Saturday to take on Bitten. Uh, Bitten up in second, Bridgewater in fifth. But both of those teams in that top five that look set to to battle it out for the for the promotion spots. Bridgewater probably more in need of a win just because uh, they've got a couple of games in hand on them. So uh, yeah, uh, a big game there, and uh, two teams that have uh, yeah certainly got some goals in them. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that one plays out on Saturday afternoon. Well, I'm going to go for another top-of-the-table clash. Um, not quite as high as, as your two, but um, Buckland Athletic at home to Bradford Town. I think this will be a this should be a belter. Two sides that are, have certainly been in, in good form of late. And uh, two sides, of course, with some very impressive Western League pre- um, pedigree. Um, so uh, I'm sure that will be a, a good game to take in if you are looking for one on Saturday. And uh, in the first division, um, what, uh, what game have you called out there? Gone for Canesham versus Warminster. So obviously Canesham uh, sitting in second just behind Cheddar. Uh, and uh, yeah, having had a, a 15 match winning run come to an end, Canesham, uh, they'll obviously be looking to, to rebound at home uh, against the Warminster side who've just, uh, just defeated Cheddar. So uh, they've knocked off one of the title hopes, uh, title favourites. And uh, yeah, they get a crack at the other one uh, this Saturday. So uh, yeah, fascinating to see how that one plays out and see if uh, Canesham can get back on the, uh, on the, winning, on the winning path. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for um, um, Ashton and Backwell against Welton Rovers. Um, a good game against two sides that I think will both fancy their chances uh, in that game. So it'd be interesting to see who uh, who comes out on top there. Um, just before we uh, we wrap up proceedings, Tom, I think we did the league tables last week. So would you like to take us through our hot shots in the Western League? Indeed. Uh, so I've got the top three for. For each division uh, in the Premier Division, so this is league goals uh, alone. Uh, we've got Jack Taylor uh, of Bridgewater scored a couple more uh, on the week 
weekend, of course. He's up to 26 league goals now. Uh, just ahead of Callum Demkiv of Westbury, who's got 22. Uh, and then Luke Mortimer of Willand, uh, he's got 21. Uh, in the first division, uh, we've still got the two Cheddar chaps at the top. Adam Wright on 24, Adam Jones on 23. Uh, and then Cal Townsend, who's obviously yeah, mentioned him earlier in the in the podcast. He's got 19 league goals for Ashton Backwell this season. So he's having a, a good season in front of goal. Uh, and then in all competitions, so obviously including the Cups, and obviously different teams play at different um, different stages of the competition, so they get more, more matches, obviously. But uh, looking at it, uh, we've got Callum Demkiv uh, of Westbury. Uh, he's got 30 goals in all competitions, so congratulations to him. Uh, same as Jack Taylor of Bridgewater. So those two are uh, in the race for the uh, the overall golden boot at the moment. Just behind them, Luke Mortimer uh, of Willand on 28. Uh, and a little chasing pack that, um, yeah, I'm sure... A couple of, uh, couple of uh, big score, high-scoring uh, uh, games late in the season might help their, their cases. But, it, yeah, it looks like uh, Demkiv uh, versus Taylor for the, for the Golden Boot. Excellent stuff. Tom, thank you very much for your time, as always, on the podcast. Um, we've been reviewing your bulletin. Um, the, um, the, the, the listeners can find that on the Western League website, can't they? Yeah, indeed. Uh, so there's a tab along the top which takes you to the most recent uh, yeah, published uh, bulletin. And then it's also on the, on the homepage... Uh, where you can download it as a, as a PDF and uh, yeah, read to your heart's content. That should come out sort of Sunday lunchtime, Sunday early Sunday afternoon most weeks, well, every week. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's still going, and uh, yeah, plenty, plenty more to, to look forward to this season. Excellent stuff. And have you penned your column for the non-league paper? Yeah, indeed. Uh, a couple hundred words on the uh, the Premier Division and uh, yeah, the latest matches to, to take place. And obviously, uh, a lot looking at the uh, um, uh, title race. So uh, yeah, that's uh, in the step five and six section in the non-league paper. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. Welcome. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Toolstation Western League podcast.